Song of the Ravenborn. Corva prowled the jagged mountain crest, her obsidian feathers thrashing in the fierce winds of the stormy sky. A hybrid creature born from a warrior queen and a raven god in a time long past, she was a force to be reckoned with. Her mismatched eyes, one burning crimson and the other an abyss of darkness, scanned the darkened valley below with an instinctual sense of danger. She braced herself for battle, ready to unleash her fury upon any who dared to challenge her kingdom. Whispers had spread like wildfire, carried on the mournful winds that swept through the land. They spoke of a bloodthirsty warlord named Volcar, who left nothing but destruction in his wake. His army marched through villages, leaving smoldering ruins and shattered lives behind them. And with every village he decimated, the crimson tide of his reign stained the land deeper. Corva, a skilled warrior and protector of her people, knew it was her duty to stop Volcar. She was bound by the Raven's Law, blood for blood. As darkness descended upon the valley where Volcar's camp sprawled, Corva gracefully descended from above. Her wings, as dark as night, rustled gently in the wind. A scream pierced through the night, raw and desperate. Corva peered into one of the tents and saw Volcar dragging a young woman towards a ritual fire. Rage blazed within her raven heart. This was not honorable warfare but pure barbarity, and Corva would not allow it to continue. With a deafening shriek, Corva pounced from the shadows. Her talons tore through flesh, and her blade sang a symphony of vengeance. One by one, Volcar's men fell before her like wheat before a scythe, their screams drowned out by the song on Corva's lips. But Volcar, fueled by dark magic and consumed by rage, proved to be a formidable opponent. His axe crackled with energy from fallen souls and clashed against Corva's ebony blade with sparks flying like fiery tears. Volcar was strong and vicious, but Corva danced around him, a whirlwind of feathers and fury. In this storm of battle only one could emerge victorious. Clashes of metal and screams of agony filled the air as Volcar and Corva fought amid the camp engulfed in flames. The stench of burning flesh mixed with the coppery tang of blood. Volcar swung his massive axe with wild abandon, while Corva moved gracefully like a bird riding the wind, deflecting each blow. A sudden shift in the ground beneath her feet loosened stones, causing Corva to stumble. In that moment of vulnerability, Volcar saw an opportunity and thrust a knife into her back. The pain was unbearable, stealing her breath and sending her crashing to the ground. The hilt of the blade protruded from her spine and she reached out desperately, attempting to pull it out. As she lay on the ground, struggling for breath, Volcar loomed over her with a look of cruel triumph on his face. He sneered at her defiance and declared that death was the fate of those who dared to defy him. Something within Corva stirred. A surge of warmth coursed her body as feathers and shadows rose from the spilled blood around her. She felt herself transforming into something else entirely, a creature of pure vengeance with glowing eyes and wings that stretched out with a thunderous crack. With a scream that split the night, Corva embraced her new form, the Ravenborn. She was no longer a mere woman or a warrior, but an avenging force. She soared towards Volcar with deadly intent. Volcar's face contorted with fear as he stumbled back, his triumphant expression replaced by terror. With a guttural roar, Corva ascended, her body a monstrosity under the moonlight her voice a chilling caw. Swiftly she ripped the knife from her back, the wound healing instantly. 
Corva descended upon Volcar, her raven claws trained on his neck. He screamed, but his cries were drowned out by the haunting melody on Corva's lips. The melody, filled with sorrow and rage, echoed through the night, a blend of melodic cause and the eerie whispers of the shadows. Its ghostly splendor was accompanied by a choir of ravens, their voices joining in harmony with Corva's as she descended upon her foe. As she stood victorious over Volcar's lifeless body, the sun rose, casting a dim light on the gruesome scene. Corva perched atop a pile of burning remains, the air thick with the scent of death and destruction. As she basked in her victory, whispers reverberated in her mind, growing louder and more insistent, urging her to fully embrace her role as a vessel for the Raven God's power. Despite the tempting darkness surrounding her, Corva still clung to a glimmer of humanity. She had not chosen to fight Volcar because of her god's demands. It was her conscience that drove her to seek vengeance for the innocent lives he had taken. And as she felt the raven god's hunger clawing at her soul, Corva was aware that her biggest threat was not from any external enemies, but from the internal battle within herself. With a gut-wrenching effort, Corva tore herself from the burning pyre, her screams echoing through the dawn. Her body transformed into that of a raven, the weight of her new form weighed heavy on her wings as she took flight in the sky. Below the valley lay in ruins, charred and smoldering from the god's wrath. Corva refused to dwell on the destruction. She had a mission, a desperate quest to break free from the raven god's control and reclaim her human form. Legend spoke of a hidden sanctuary, nestled within the treacherous eye of the world, where magic flowed freely and whispers of a rebellion against the gods persisted. The journey was treacherous and unforgiving, with icy winds and piercing blizzards. The gods' minions, monstrous shadows born from his cruelty, lurked at every turn, testing her determination. Time slipped away as Corva trudged forward, the sun just a dim glimmer in the never-ending storm. Doubt gnawed at her mind tempting her with promises of an easy end if she just gave in. But in the darkness, she found solace in memories of her human life, her mother's embrace, the bond with her lost sisters, and the laughter of a village long forgotten. The memories were delicate, like flames flickering in the grasp of a raven. But they gave her the determination to keep fighting, not just for herself, but for all of humanity. She believed in a future where gods didn't rule through violence and fear. Corva's body trembled with exhaustion as she trudged through the dense forest, her feet sinking into the damp, loamy earth with each heavy step. The air was thick and humid, causing sweat to trickle down her back and cling to her skin. The trees towered above her like ancient giants, their gnarled branches reaching out like grasping fingers. She heard the rustle of unseen creatures in the underbrush, and the distant call of birds. Her tired eyes strained to make out any signs of a path or clearing ahead in the dim light filtering through the dense canopy. But for now, all she could do was push on, her determination driving her forward through the unforgiving terrain, urging her on toward her ultimate goal, the eye of the world. In time, she found herself in a hidden valley, bathed in an eerie twilight that emanated from a pulsating pool of silver in the center ancient magic humming beneath its surface, beckoning her closer. As she reached out to touch the pool, a figure emerged from the shadows. It was Volcar, 
his body twisted and malformed by the raven god's dark magic, a grotesque mockery of the man he once was. You won't escape this, Ravenborn. Volkar rasped, his voice a chorus of tormented souls. This valley, the power, belongs to the god. Fear gripped Korva as the raven within her cowered, urging her to surrender to Volkar and his master. But she remembered the screams of the innocent lives lost, the remains of her loved ones reduced to ashes on funeral pyres, and the faint whispers of hope carried by the howling storm. With a defiant roar that echoed through the valley, Korva charged towards Volkar. Steel clashed against shadow as they fought for dominance. Her sword was no longer wielded in blind vengeance, but with a fierce determination to fight for her soul and carve out a future where mortals could reign without the interference of gods. Her armor bore down on her shoulders, heavy with the weight of responsibility and purpose. Each step she took toward her destiny was a battle cry against fate and the powers that sought to control her. This was no longer just a warrior's quest. It was a woman's journey to defy the whims of divine beings and forge her path towards freedom. The battle raged on, each side drawing strength from their unique source of power. Korva refused to back down, channeling the energy of the storm and tapping into ancient magic. She fought with all her might, unwilling to let darkness prevail over the light. In the dim, fading light of twilight, Korva's fierce battle cry rang out like a clarion call, her sword glinting as it sliced through the air with deadly precision. She charged forward, her movements fluid and swift, determined to take down Volkar with every ounce of strength in her body. The sound of metal colliding reverberated throughout the forest, and with a single decisive blow she drove her sword into his chest, piercing his heart. As Volkar dissolved into particles of dust, Korva stood before the shimmering silver pool, panting and trembling. She studied her reflection, a fusion of female and raven representing the inner battle she had just endured. As Korva extended her hand toward the water, she suddenly realized that the raven god had not only manipulated Volkar, but also intertwined its dark influence within herself. She felt the transformation taking place, but it was far from complete. The raven's insatiable hunger still lingered within her. This was the ultimate test, not the battle with Volkar, but the internal struggle that raged within. Determined, Korva plunged her hand into the pool. Magic surged against her skin, tempting her with promises of surrender and unparalleled power. She resisted the tempting whispers of the god, astute, refusing to fall for its deceptive tactics. Korva let out a piercing cry that reverberated through the earth itself, and then plunged her head with its dark feathers into the water below. Pain coursed every fiber of her being as the magic ripped apart the darkness within her. She fought against it, screaming and flailing as both woman and raven battled for control. After a final surge of energy, Korva emerged triumphant from the pool. Her humanity intact, she stood tall and proud, no longer under the influence of the raven god's false promises. Although her struggles were ongoing, she remained confident in her decision to turn down the god's offer of escape. Korva spread her wings and took flight, feeling the wind beneath her feathers. No longer controlled by darkness, she was one with the raven within her. A symbiotic partnership between woman and beast. The temptations and ghosts that once whispered in her ear were nothing more than faint echoes. Her mission was evident, to protect the delicate balance between humanity and the environment.
and to show that standing up against divine expectations and choosing one's path can lead to a brighter future. The world was desperate for a savior, one who wouldn't surrender to the demands of deities, but one who would rebel against them. With every flap of her midnight black wings, Corva sang out a battle cry, a promise that she would not succumb to the darkness, but instead wield it as a weapon in her fight for a better world. As she vanished into the boundless expanse of sky, Corva's raven's cry continued to echo, a resounding anthem of unwavering determination and resilience. Wings of Obsidian On the grand stage of the Opera Garnier, Camille Dubois stood tall and regal, her voice soaring like a celestial tapestry woven with raw emotion. The audience sat in hushed awe, their eyes fixed on her as she sang, her tone captivating even the most hardened of hearts. Despite her successes and the admiration of her peers, Camille was haunted by a recurring nightmare, a monstrous raven with obsidian feathers and eyes that burned like hot coals. Its croaking voice echoed in the darkness of her dreams, promising unimaginable power and untold secrets. As she sang Ophelia's aria one fateful night, the nightmare bled into reality. The air seemed to shimmer and twist, and from the rafters above descended a raven unlike any she had ever seen, larger and more menacing than any creature of its kind. Its gaze was fixed on her, and as their eyes met, a jolt of energy shot through Camille. Her voice took on a new, chilling resonance, mesmerizing the audience who erupted into thunderous applause. But within Camille, a darkness began to stir, a hunger for something more than mere adulation. As she continued to sing, the raven watched from the shadows, its croaks becoming whispers in her mind. It promised her power beyond imagination, fueled by the souls of her enraptured listeners. Camille's once pure voice took on a ravenous edge, twisting melodies into macabre lullabies. The audience, initially entranced by her performance, began to feel uneasy, their faces pale and drawn. A suffocating silence settled over the opera house, broken only by Camille's eerie song and the raven's ominous croaks, both performer and bird becoming one, leaving a trail of fear and chaos in their wake. As the darkness thickened, Camille noticed a movement in the corners of her vision. Soft feathers sprouted and brushed against her skin in an unsettling caress. As she gazed into the golden-framed mirrors surrounding her, she saw a frightening change in her reflection. Her eyes shone like glowing embers, and her voice developed an unearthly rasp. She clung to the purity of the melody, determined not to succumb to the alluring whispers of the raven. But as she stood on the stage, a longing stirred within her, a craving for the freedom promised by the raven's tempting words. With the darkness inside propelling her, Camille unleashed the full potential of her transformed voice. The vibrations from her song flooded the opera house, creating an eerie hum that reverberated in every space. Rather than being entranced, the audience is consumed with terror. They screamed and clung to each other. Feeding off of their vital energy, Camille gained power with each deadly note that escaped her lips. Camille felt herself succumbing to the blackbird's clutches, its influence too strong to resist. Suddenly, a frail old woman's voice cuts through the chaos with a counter-melody that speaks of ages past and enduring strength. Hearing this song of defiance, the darkness within Camille wavers. In a moment of wrenching awareness, she understands that the blackbird offers no power. It steals souls from its victims 
and feeds on their essences to sustain its monstrous form. Camille let out a desperate wail, fighting against the tight grip of the raven. She danced and sang, each resounding note and unchoreographed movement rebelling against the raven's dark hold, forcing it back into shadows where it belonged. The raven screeched, its hundreds of obsidian eyes casting a ghostly glow against the gilded moldings. As Camille poured her newfound resolve into the counter-melody, the raven shrank, its feathers disintegrating into a swirl of dust until it was nothing more than a wisp of smoke curling in the shadows. Camille collapsed onto the stage, her voice strained but victorious. The audience, still shaking from the experience, stood and clapped, their applause not just for the performance, but for the brave woman who had used her voice to fight against the darkness. Though forever marked by the encounter, Camille knew the darkness still lurked in the shadows, hungry for another voice to consume. But she stood ready, her voice imbued with the chilling resonance of the raven's lullaby, a perpetual symbol of the struggles she had endured and the delicate essence of humanity. Paul Sheldon, a renowned author battling writer's block, seeks solace in a secluded Colorado cabin. His refuge turns into a twisted nightmare when a blizzard crashes his car and he is rescued by Annie Wilkes, a seemingly devoted reader claiming to be his number one fan. Annie nurses Paul back to health in her isolated farmhouse, but her devotion soon morphs into an obsessive and controlling mania. Bound to a makeshift bed by Annie's twisted affection, Paul discovers the depths of her obsession. His literary creation, Misery Chastain, a Victorian heroine, becomes Annie's twisted idol. Paul is forced to rewrite the character's fate according to Annie's whims, trapped in a prison of his own imagination and held captive by a deranged caretaker. As the snow continues to fall, isolating Paul from the outside world, Annie's grip tightens. Her rage ignites like a winter storm at any perceived deviation from her desired narrative. Paul, resourceful and desperate, wages a silent war against his captor, using his wits and his knowledge of storytelling to manipulate Annie and plot his escape. The farmhouse becomes a battlefield of psychological terror, where every word Paul scribbles and every step he takes carries the threat of unimaginable brutality. The line between reality and fiction blurs as Annie forces Paul to delve into the darkest recesses of his creativity, conjuring nightmarish scenarios for her twisted pleasure. In a desperate bid for freedom, Paul must confront his demons and harness the power of his craft. He weaves a web of deceit and manipulation, playing on Annie's delusions and exploiting her fragile sanity. Can Paul outsmart his captor? before the final page of his life turns into a blood-soaked tragedy. Rob Reiner's Misery is a chilling and suspenseful psychological thriller that delves into the depths of obsession, the fragile nature of mental health, and the power of creativity as a weapon of both subjugation and liberation. The film masterfully blends elements of psychological horror, dark humor, and suspense, keeping the audience on the edge of their seats with its unpredictable twists and turns. James Caan delivers a powerful performance as Paul Sheldon, capturing his desperation, resilience, and moments of dark humor with raw emotion. Kathy Bates is terrifying as Annie Wilkes, her portrayal of a seemingly ordinary woman consumed by twisted fandom, leaves a lasting impression on cinematic history. Reiner's direction is masterful, creating an atmosphere of claustrophobic tension and escalating dread. 
He uses close-up shots, unsettling silences, and a haunting score to amplify the psychological pressure cooker of the film's setting. The snowy landscape outside becomes a symbolic backdrop for the emotional blizzard raging within the farmhouse. Misery is not for the faint of heart. The film's graphic violence, disturbing imagery, and exploration of psychological manipulation may be unsettling for some viewers. However, for those who appreciate a well-crafted horror film with unforgettable performances and a thought-provoking exploration of the dark side of obsession, misery is a must-see. The film's enduring legacy lies in its ability to tap into our primal fear of being trapped and controlled. It reminds us that the line between fan and fanatic can be thin and that even the most seemingly devoted individual can harbor unimaginable darkness. It also explores the transformative power of storytelling, showcasing how words can become both weapons and shields in the face of terror. The film was based on a novel of the same name by Stephen King. It won three Academy Awards, including Best Actress for Kathy Bates, Best Screenplay, and Best Editing. It is considered one of the greatest horror films ever made and continues to be celebrated for its suspenseful story, memorable characters, and chilling atmosphere. With its unforgettable performances, masterful direction, and chilling exploration of the human psyche, Misery remains a landmark film in the horror genre, a testament to the power of cinema to confront and challenge audiences with the depths of human darkness and the resilience of the human spirit. Misery is a drama thriller. It is one hour and 47 minutes long and is rated R. The Southern Underworld gives it five bloody knives. Shay, a young woman who has recently lost her mother, embarks on a weekend-long retreat with her estranged father, Kyle, and her rebellious half-sister, Joe. The retreat, titled Purity Ball, is designed to instill in young women the importance of remaining virgins until marriage. Shay, eager to connect with her father and embrace his newfound presence in her life, approaches the retreat with an open mind, while Joe, a free-spirited individual, harbors deep resentment towards the patriarchal and controlling nature of the event. The retreat is led by the charismatic and enigmatic pastor Seth, who preaches a strict doctrine of purity and obedience. He portrays Lilith, the first wife of Adam, as a symbol of female lust and sin, contrasting her with Eve, who represents women's weakness and susceptibility to temptation. Shay and the other girls are subjected to a series of lectures, workshops, and activities, all aimed at reinforcing the importance of purity and female subservience. As the retreat progresses, Shay begins to question the validity of Pastor Seth's teachings. She observes his manipulative tactics and the double standards he applies to men and women. Joe, on the other hand, grows increasingly defiant, challenging Pastor Seth's authority and openly expressing her disdain for the retreat's oppressive atmosphere. Amidst the growing tension, Shay discovers a mysterious box in Pastor Seth's office. Inside, she finds evidence of his dark and twisted past, including a collection of photographs of young women who have met tragic ends. Shay realizes that the retreat is not what it seems, and that Pastor Seth harbors sinister intentions for the attendees. As the night of the purity ball approaches, Shay and Joe must decide whether to conform to the expectations of the retreat or stand up for their own beliefs and desires. The climactic event unfolds in a chilling and unexpected manner, 
exposing the true nature of Pastor Seth's power and the consequences of blindly following his teachings. Pure, Into the Dark is a captivating and thought-provoking film that tackles the complex themes of purity, female empowerment, and toxic masculinity. The film masterfully blends elements of psychological horror, social commentary, and coming-of-age drama, creating a compelling narrative that lingers long after the credits roll. Jacara Smith delivers a powerful performance as Shay, portraying her journey of self-discovery and the challenges of navigating conflicting expectations. McKaylee Miller brings a rebellious and defiant edge to the role of Joe, highlighting the importance of questioning authority and embracing individuality. Scott Porter exudes a charismatic yet sinister aura as Pastor Seth, effectively capturing the duality of his character and the insidious nature of his beliefs. The film's exploration of purity culture and the double standards imposed upon women is handled with sensitivity and nuance. The retreat's oppressive atmosphere and the manipulation tactics employed by Pastor Seth serve as a stark reminder of the dangers of patriarchal control and the importance of female autonomy. Pure into the dark is not without its flaws. The film's pacing can be slow at times, and the ending may feel abrupt to some viewers. However, these minor shortcomings do not detract from the overall impact of the film. The film's strength lies in its ability to provoke thought, challenge societal norms, and resonate with audiences on a personal level. Pure is a must-watch for anyone interested in exploring the complexities of gender roles, religious extremism, and the pursuit of personal freedom. It is a film that will stay with you long after you've seen it, prompting reflection and challenging your preconceived notions about purity, power, and the choices we make in life. Pure, Into the Dark, is 86 minutes long and is rated TVMA for sex and nudity and violence and gore. The Southern Underworld gives it four bloody knives,